This is The Guardian. Today, Jeremy Hunt has been Chancellor for five days, but he's already categorically binned the Prime Minister's economic plans. Who really holds the power in government now? On Friday, the Prime Minister sacked her Chancellor. Her old friend, Kwasi Kwarteng, was booted out, with Truss hoping that the move would calm the economic storm triggered by their mini-budget. But by Monday, Jeremy Hunt, Britain's fourth Chancellor in four months, had ditched everything Liz Truss had stood for. The Guardian's deputy political editor, Jessica Elgott, was in Westminster, as the new Chancellor delivered a sensational new fiscal statement. Firstly, we will reverse almost all the tax measures announced in the Growth Plan three weeks ago that have not started parliamentary legislation. On the most basic level for Conservative MPs, this is incredibly embarrassing. And you can see that on people's faces, and you can see it on the faces of people you know, sitting on the front bench um, next to Jeremy Hunt as he made that statement. And as the Labour Party were granted an urgent question in the House of Commons, the Prime Minister was nowhere to be seen. But where is the Prime Minister? <laughs> Hiding away, dodging questions, scared of her own shadow. Yeah. The lady's not for turning up. <laughs> where was Liz Truss? Prime Minister came in in what was a kind of farcical moment because we've spent the last 45 minutes in the urgent question where Penny Morden's been saying again and again the very, very specific reasons that she can't say but are very important that why Liz Trust can't be there to answer an urgent question from Keir Starmer. With apologies, with apologies to the Leader of the Opposition and the House, the PM is detained on urgent business. <laughs> And then the Prime Minister does actually appear uh, next to her as she's making all these excuses for why she can't be there and sits there completely kind of impassive. And she looked, you know, kind of almost frozen solid next to Jeremy Hunt. I mean, this is a... It, it looked like it was an incredibly painful and difficult thing for her to have to sit through. From The Guardian, I'm Noshi Nikbal. Today in Focus, who is running the UK? Jess, Jeremy Hunt has just reversed everything that Kwasi Kwarteng announced in the mini-budget a couple of weeks ago. Why? I mean, it is today's statement, I think you can't underestimate just how extraordinary it was to see a new chancellor who's only been in place for a few days, come in and essentially say he is reversing almost everything that the Prime Minister announced in the first few days of her premiership. Firstly, we will reverse almost all the tax measures announced in the growth plan three weeks ago that have not started parliamentary legislation. 
at almost everything that she announced as part of her campaign to be party leader, which she won. Keep taxes low, get the economy growing, unleash the potential right across Britain. That's what I'm about, is enabling people to keep more money in their own pockets. So he's not only deciding to go ahead with the rising corporation tax that she said that she would reverse, but he's also reversing almost all the other tax measures that she announced in the mini-budget that haven't been legislated for so far. But the big announcement is that the basic rate of income tax is going to remain at 20%, and that will be indefinite until economic circumstances allow it to be cut. At a time when markets are rightly demanding commitment to sustainable public finances... It is not right to borrow to fund this tax cut. And that is particularly extraordinary because that goes even further than what Rishi Sunak had promised to do in the spring. He had promised to cut that income tax by next year. And that was something that came in for a lot of flack from Liz Truss during the leadership contest. She sort of saw him as a tax hiking chancellor. Rishi, you have raised taxes to the highest level in 70 years. She now is going further than him and saying that it won't be cut next year. It will remain at 20% indefinitely. And perhaps the biggest one of all is that the Treasury is now going to review the energy price freeze, which had been promised for two years to freeze it for the average household at 2,500. That's only going to continue until April. And then we're seeing a much more targeted scheme likely for families and businesses, which will put a new worry for many, many, many families. And today I want to confirm that the support we are providing between now and April next year will not change. But beyond that, the Prime Minister and I have agreed it would not be responsible to continue exposing public finances to unlimited volatility in international gas prices. But also, politically, this trust essentially had one attack line left against Labour, which was that her package was more generous and their scheme would only last six months and hers was two years. Well, Mr Speaker, what we have done is we have taken decisive action. We have taken decisive action to make sure that people are not facing right. energy bills of £6,000 for two years. The opposition is only talking about six months. We've also taken... Just how have Labour responded to this huge change in direction? Rachel Reeves did a pretty clinical case against Jeremy Hunt. She sort of brought it back, I think, to every single public service is again at risk from choices the Conservatives have made. They've got to now try and land a tax on Jeremy Hunt in the most obvious way and, and... Rachel Roos kind of previewed that in her speech is that you know he was a big part of the austerity agenda under Cameron and she said something along the lines of he was a big part of austerity season one and now he says the cure is austerity season two and that's difficult for Tory MPs because the manifesto that they stood on in 2019 was absolutely not an austerity manifesto and again it starts to beg the question about what the mandate the government has for this. So Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng had, in just under a six short weeks, managed to crash the pound, see the markets turn dramatically against them. Will Jeremy Hunt's change of direction now calm this storm? That's obviously 
the hope and it's obviously the realisation that Jeremy Hunt has come to that you cannot do anything less than completely reverse the package. And I think the package itself was a big part of why we had that market turmoil. But it wasn't the only reason the sacking of Tom Scholar, who was the very experienced permanent secretary of the Treasury, the refusal to have OBR forecasts, which basically set out what the spending is going to be, how you're going to fund these tax cuts and, you know, essentially announcing a huge package of things that were unfunded. The markets couldn't see how they were going to square the circle. These kinds of lines, when currencies fall abruptly, immediately, in a kind of vertical manner, that's the kind of thing that is quite disturbing. Now, this time around, there is a real determination to do things absolutely by the book. And essentially, erase Liz Truss entirely from the conversation. Jess, we've seen U-turn after U-turn and then U-turns on the U-turns. I don't even know what that is even called anymore. Circles. Yes, absolutely. 360 dizzying loops of uh, political machinations. Does this feel like a government in control to you? It absolutely does not feel like this is a government where the Prime Minister is in charge. Not only is she having to reverse her entire mandate, But she's not even really being allowed to announce it herself. There seems to be a sense coming out of number 10 and 11 that even allowing her to front these changes risks market instability. Jess, political events seem to be operating at warp speed at the moment. Now, just to recap, it was only last Thursday that Kwasi Kwarteng was in Washington where he was attending meetings with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, And he was emphatically telling reporters that as the Chancellor, I'm going nowhere. Absolutely, 100%. I'm not going anywhere. Now, on Friday, Kwasi Kwarteng made an emergency dash back to Britain. And before his plane even seemed to land, we were hearing that he was being sacked. And then, of course, just 38 days after he'd taken the job, he was. Jess, why did he have to go? And how did we get here? During the time that the Chancellor was in Washington, it became clear that there were going to have to be significant further reversals of the mini-budget, especially seeing as the Bank of England was going to stop some of its support for pension funds. And therefore, they were potentially looking at significantly more market turmoil coming out on Monday. I think there were cabinet ministers, including Therese Coffey, who said it is not going to be tenable for Kwasi Kwarteng to front these changes But obviously, Liz Truss, it's very difficult to distance herself in any way from the project that her and Kwasi Kwarteng undertook ahead of that mini budget. They essentially cooked it up together in a pub. They live a couple of streets away from each other. It was entirely their doing as a political partnership. They often speak about walking in lockstep with each other and, you know, until until the point where they weren't. But of course, I think by the time that Kwasi Kwarteng decided to take that flight back home, he knew almost certainly what was happening. I mean, you don't get someone back like that just for a meeting. I think he only read it on Twitter that he was definitely going to be sacked when he landed. And would he have been prepared to go as far as Jeremy Hunt has gone today without feeling the need to resign himself? It's hard to know. It's hard to see how he could have done it, really. Liz Trust then announced the appointment of Jeremy Hunt, who was until recently a vocal supporter of her leadership rival, Rishi Sunak. Why did she choose Hunt? I mean, Jeremy Hunt is someone, right, who's tried for the leadership against Boris Johnson. He had a pretty dismal second attempt this time round where, you know, he at one point didn't manage to reach the ballot threshold. Under the rules that we agreed for this ballot, uh, two candidates will be eliminated. 
Jeremy Hunt and Nadim Zahawi. Uh, the others are all able to go forward to the second ballot, which takes place tomorrow. He never made it into any of Boris Johnson's cabinets. In fact, he was offered a demotion and then left. It's an obvious choice of someone who is more likely to take the job and someone who offers a kind of a reassuring presence. Now, in politics, it's so much about vibes, isn't it? Because Jeremy Hunt does not have any experience in the Treasury, right? But he is clearly a person who's run big spending departments. He's been a key long-serving cabinet minister and he understands how budgets are written, he understands the processes involved and so therefore he kind of offers the right vibe. And obviously he put terms to her and she's agreed to them and he has led the entire operation effectively since then. It is very hard to know why Liz Truss still wants to be prime minister in these circumstances when her entire raison d'etre for being prime minister has been taken away from her and she's not even really being allowed to take ownership of those changes. How has the reaction to Jeremy Hunt gone down amongst members of his own party and, you know, what he said on Monday? I think there are sort of three three broad categories of Tory MPs and every single one of them is pissed off. The first category of those who just supported Liz Truss for her leadership campaign, those people have now seen the entire prospectus for why they voted for her completely destroyed. So obviously they're pissed off. Then there's the people sort of in the middle ground who have always hated what Liz Truss stands for, who've got majorities between maybe like eight to 12,000 are thinking, if she stays, I might lose my seat. If she goes, there's a chance I could keep my seat. And those are the people who are probably agitating most for her removal. And then there are some people who are really loath to remove a prime minister. That is not because they hold any kind of affection for Liz Truss. They think she's been a disaster. But they see Jeremy Hunt as a reassuring presence and think if she can continue as prime minister in name only, then they might be able to at least get through the next few months and let's see where we are after Christmas or let's see where we are after the local elections. Now, that's a pretty bad position for a prime minister to be in because it means you have almost no political capital to do anything at all with your party despite having a massive majority that's unpopular. So that could be big spending cuts. There's hints from Jeremy Hunt, what he said over the weekend, that even those kind of places that are really prized, like defence spending, that might not be getting the increase in spending that she's promised. Health spending, will there have to be cuts there when that's usually something that's protected? Education budgets, that's incredibly unpalatable for a lot of people who have to explain that in their constituencies. Already we've seen huge rows over benefits. Another of her big planks of her leadership campaign was fracking. Lots of Tory MPs are opposed to that. On Wednesday, they're probably going to join an opposition day debate with Labour and try and get that voted down. She effectively is kind of frozen in motion. Her political capital with her party is so spent that she cannot get her MPs to do almost anything. How much power does Jeremy Hunt actually have in this relationship? Jeremy Hunt has an extraordinary amount of power because she knows she cannot lose him. And if she won't agree to something that he wants, he could walk and say he's challenging her for the leadership. Her continuation in number 10 essentially depends on his continuation in number 11. But I suspect you're going to see that relationship start to fray very quickly. Jess, is it fair to say that despite what Kwasi Kwarteng attempted and despite what Jeremy Hunt is attempting now, that actually, really, it's the markets that are now dictating Britain's economic policy? It's hard to say whether that hasn't always been been true, so much of the Conservative brand, but also, you know, the case when Labour have been in power, is that economic stability is how you manage to achieve things as a Prime Minister. It's how you can spend to invest or to do things like cut taxes. You know, you get economic growth by businesses investing. They do that in a stable environment. So, you know, in a way, 
there's always got to be this dance with the markets. And there's unpalatable things about that, right? That people cannot try radical things in government. That's part of the system that we live in. And one of the things that is uncomfortable, for sure. does this mean we're now back into the philosophy of George Osborne and austerity economics are back? Yes, and I think that's a very, very difficult position for the government to be in because that was absolutely not what the manifesto of 2019 was about. I think Boris Johnson even said in public once that the cuts under George Osborne went too far. I just serve notice that we will not be responding to this crisis with what people called austerity. And even at Prime Minister's Question Times on Wednesday, Liz Truss was saying there will be no cuts to public spending. What we will make sure is that over the medium term, the debt is falling. But we will do that not by cutting public spending, but by making sure we spend public money well. The mantra of 2019 was investment, levelling up, redistributing wealth across the country. And I don't think people feel like public services are working too well at the moment. I don't think that people feel like there's excesses in A&E departments or on our rails or on our roads. I think that this country is actually crying out for investment in lots of those places. So as you say, public services, it feels like spending has been stripped absolutely to the bone. And, you know, we are sort of juddering along uh, with schools, with hospitals, with nurses, all the rest of it. What does it mean for ordinary people now? There's huge pressures on ordinary people's finances and on businesses, people running small businesses. People will be seeing their energy bills go up significantly since last year. Anyone who's got a mortgage and has it up for renewal within the next few years is going to see major hikes in what they're paying in their mortgage payments. That will obviously have a knock-on effect on rent. We don't know yet whether we're going to see a squeeze on benefits. We're almost certainly going to see longer term and more frequent strike action over public sector pay. All of these things are going to have a massive knock-on effect. Well, Jess, Liz Truss came to power despite having no mandate, promising to prioritise growth, growth, growth. And her method for achieving that was through huge tax cuts that were supposed to reinvigorate wealth creation. It has spectacularly failed in barely more than a month. Now, as well as potentially fatally wounding so-called trickle-down economics, do you think it has potentially sunk her premiership? I think lots of the effort by Jeremy Hunt over the last couple of days to try and steady the storm, not just amongst the markets, but amongst colleagues, has gone some way to secure her for the next few days. But there are already Tory MPs coming out calling for her to go. I think there's four already. We need to have uh, confidence uh, at the top, at the, at the very top. And I fear uh, that Liz Truss uh, now is almost impossible for her to carry that confidence either with her colleagues uh, or with the country and certainly not with uh, the examination she's going to get from the media. There's a lot more than that who think so privately. And I think it may be that this is such a fractious party that no agreement can be made on any of those things. And sometimes people just act alone. I think if Sir Graham Brady, who's the chair of the 1922 committee, got letters from half the parliamentary party saying that they want a vote of no confidence or they want a leadership contest, it's very, very, very difficult for him to ignore. But at the moment, she's protected technically for a year. You know, we may yet start to see things turn around. We might see Jeremy Hunt come up with a wonderful medium-term fiscal plan, which 
Tory MPs can live with, that they can vote through. And then maybe she can hobble on past Christmas and maybe results in the May elections aren't as bad as expected. And then you get her to the next election somehow. It's hard to see how that doesn't end in a Tory defeat, even if it's a lessened one. How important is that fiscal plan now that Hunt is due to unveil on October 31st, which obviously is Halloween, as chance would have it? And what do you expect in it? And that's a moment really where he not only has to set out the new departmental spending plans, which could contain some very, very, very difficult things, as well as what were the supply side reforms that Kwasi Kwarteng had started work on, whether that's planning reform, environmental reform, childcare reform is also on the table. And then any number of those things could become very controversial very quickly. So all of those things, if Hunt does announce a round of things that are very, very, very difficult to deliver, politically, do the markets buy it that this is something that this government can deliver? Well, is it actually possible to put a figure on how much Liz Truss's premiership has cost the country financially? And in terms of credibility, you know, what has the last few weeks cost Britain in terms of international reputation and influence? It's certainly directly costing individuals thousands of pounds a year. And internationally, the IMF, which Kwasi Kwarteng was at for the couple of days before he got sacked, was a real humiliation. I mean, the the US's Janet Yellen essentially gave him a big dressing down, saying that the UK had risked global financial instability by the reckless budget that it had undertaken. So all of that is obviously incredibly embarrassing. Coming up, how long can Liz Truss cling on to power? I'm Grace Dent. And I'm back. Friends, it's time for your fourth helping of comfort eating from The Guardian. Join me with more celebrity guests like Dawn O'Porter, Graham Norton and Mallory Blackman as we throw the fridge doors wide open on the comfort foods that have seen them through. You'll notice I'm talking a lot. That's because I'm, I'm hoping somewhere along the way I don't have to eat it. The the level of devilment in your face. Comfort Eating returns on the 18th of October with new episodes released every Tuesday. Comfort Eating with me, Grace Dent, is supported by Ocado. Just... Jeremy Hunt is probably best known to most people as one of the most unpopular health secretaries in recent memory. He is a politician who has tried and failed twice to make a credible bid for leadership. And now, without either the public or party having a say, it sounds like he's the person in charge of steering the country. Do you think he's popular enough to see his job through for the next two years? I don't think Tory MPs necessarily see Jeremy Hunt as having been a particularly unpopular health secretary, no matter what lots of um, nurses or doctors unions might have said about that. You know, he stayed in that job for a long time when it's when it's famously a department which eats ministers and chews them up and spits them out. I think the view of Jeremy Hunt in the party had probably been as someone who was reasonably capable and he was completely left out in the cold in Liz Truss's first cabinet reshuffle. But I think she probably realised that she needed to reach out to someone senior from the Sunak side of the party and someone who hadn't been part of the kind of coordinated briefing campaign against her, which lots of Sunak's allies had been. And he fits in that Venn diagram. If this 
or what some people are calling gruesome twosome of an alliance doesn't hold, what do you think the alternative would be? There is still a high likelihood that you see Liz Truss somehow or another ousted as Prime Minister in the coming weeks. That is likely to see someone installed, whether that's Rishi Sunak or Jeremy Hunt. There are obviously loads of different mechanisms to remove a Prime Minister. It can be the traditional mechanism of the 1922 committee in a vote of no confidence, or members of the Cabinet all start to resign. There are lots of things that can tip a Premiership over the edge, and any of those things are possible. That seems to me to be the most likely thing that happens rather than a snap general election. The only plausible scenario I can see that happening is if Liz Truss just cannot pass a budget. MPs become so rebellious by the spring that there is no way of her getting a budget through the House of Commons. And that is effectively a confidence vote if the Prime Minister can't pass her budget. And that is a point at which there might be a general election. Jess Algott, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Jessica Elgott. You can follow her reporting, the live blog with Andrew Sparrow, and so much more from our politics team at theguardian.com. For a flavour of something else, here's your reminder that Comfort Eating with Grace Dent is back for season four. She's grilling her guests, including Graham Norton and Mallory Blackman. Subscribe now, wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Ned Carter-Miles, Elizabeth Cassin and Rose Della Rabiti. Sound design is by Solomon King. The executive producers were Huma Halili and Phil Maynard. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.